Oh, Jai, it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken. Yeah, I'm getting kind of depressed. You know, I used to say I was excited about what was going on in the world of development. And just like nothing's going on. There's no, there's no new horizon. No, no nothing. It's kind of <sighs> embarrassing. I think we shut down. Yeah, should we just cancel the whole on thing? Yeah, pretty much so. Maybe we can talk about, I don't know, developing for, for Palm Pilot or something for the nostalgia audience. Sounds good to me. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, so, didn't something happen yesterday? Yeah, some fruity company down in Cupertino. What was it? Oh, right, it was Apple. Oh, Apple had some big event yesterday. Now, didn't they, Mr. Scotty? We actually have lots to talk about. Oh, they did. Now, John, let, let's start with the controversy before we get on to anything else. Were you watching the live stream? Uh, yes, except for, and, and my Mandarin has gotten way better as a result. It was, but did you notice how she just suddenly disappeared? I, yeah, I know. So I, someone, I someone fixed it. I, now, was that a hit? No, I think that, yes, yeah, somebody came with an ether-soaked rag and just came up to her. Like, All right, lady. And I noticed, as, 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 as my friend Dave Spector snarkily pointed out, that there's a new job listing for live AV production crew on Apple's job site. Are you being serious? Or is that just... I'm serious that he did say that. I don't All believe right, there okay. was actually such a listing. Yeah, there we are. It's... Um, uh, it's uh, it was it's funny because every time uh, I went to a um, local shared workspace uh, called the Cluster in Stroud um, to uh, to watch it, so it was really good. So there was about ten or eleven of us there, um, created a bit of camaraderie watching it. But it was uh, it, it was a bit of coincidence. We were watching through an Apple TV first of all through the the straight stream, and that kept failing, and even the controller wouldn't work. So then we were. Um, I think uh, sort of air playing off an iPad to the Apple TV onto a big projector on the wall and, and doing it. And we had this one thing that it, it, every time the guy with the iPad sat down, the stream would freeze. So we, <laughs> you know, being superstitious developers, we made him stand for the rest <laughs> of the entire thing. Um, and it kept going in and out. And then we kept, we kept uh, missing bits. It would jump forward 10 minutes. And then it would jump back 10 minutes and watch the stuff you'd had already seen again. Um, mm. But uh, so to be honest, a lot of the iPhone 6 stuff, um, I got from Twitter and nothing to do with the feed at all because it was, yeah. uh, it was just, but it then by the time they got to the sort of one more thing, um, it seemed to, uh, from that point onwards, the, the, um, the feed seemed to be good for us anyway. I don't know if that was standard everywhere. That seems to be the case. I mean, it's like I had the same experience and I was in sunny, perfect San Francisco. So I think it was, you know, I'm sure there was insane demand and I haven't even kind of watched it. I watched a little bit of the intro. I thought their intro video was spectacular. Um, and but yeah, I think it was very interesting. Apple left nothing to chance this time because they had the running stream with the screen grabs and the selected tweets and stuff like that. It's like pretty interesting because that's something that's usually done by the press corps. Yeah, that was interesting. But it was it. it a lot of people saying, oh, this isn't good for Apple, that you're trying to live stream this thing and you can't cope. Um, so at first you're thinking, was it going to damage the, um, uh, the thing? Now, we, I don't know where it ended up. I don't know if you know, but we were sort of, um, we were having a bit of fun. We were tracking the stock price during the, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, during the thing as well. And, uh, during the iPhone 6 announcement, it was, it was doing pretty well. Um, it mm -hmm. sort of, uh, fell a little bit during the, um, I, uh, the, sorry, not allowed to call it iWatch, are we? The Apple Watch. But I don't know where it ended up. Anyway, what's your overall opinion? Um, I'm I'm suitably impressed. Um, 
you know, I, I, uh, you know, we, we have an intern who's like, you know, because he, he's, he's probably all of what, 2021. So he's super excited. I mean, he's been like, you know, t- passing me on, on flow doc messages with every, you know, every, every time that there was a pre-announcement or it's like, oh, they've set the date. Oh, look, there's a countdown timer on the Apple site. I mean, he's, he's super fanboyish. Um, and I have to say that the, the watch definitely looks quite cool. Um, and and I was trying to think, you know, what does that mean? What what is the actual connection to the the iPhone? You know, is it is it is an is a uh, an Apple Watch app just another bundle inside your iPhone app, and that they use some way of of, of finding the connection and installing it that way? I mean, there's lots of mystery about that. That that is is what I was most interested in. I think that that you know that the haptic fe- t- sorry taptic feedback as they're calling it, and the ability to send sketches and stuff and listen to your heartbeat. I think it's all kind of interesting and fun. I mean, it's like. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, you know, what problem does that solve?" It solves absolutely no problem, but it is it. it you know, Twitter solved no problem until people found out that it was actually but really good. People will come up for... with something. People will right, come, exactly. People will come up with. I mean, it, all we could think of, you know, people will draw penises and send to each other and yeah. irritate each other with taps. But you know, someone's going to come up with something really clever um, yeah. to do with that stuff and, and, and impress everybody. Yeah, the, there's a lot of mysteries in there. It says like you, it said you need an iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. But it didn't. I can't remember if they said which model of iPhone. It went back to five, the five, didn't it? It did to the five. That's right. Yeah, five and up. So that was kind of interesting, you know. And 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 this was. uh, uh, Let's see, John. Jonathan White, Schwa, who's one of my favorite Twitter personalities. And uh, so he and Dave, uh, you know, were getting into it about what the purpose of the the white, uh, you know, you know, whatever new building that they constructed, which was the big demo hall and stuff like that. And I don't know, you're old enough to remember a movie called Logan's Run. Did you ever see that? Oh, I watched it again about three weeks ago on um, Amazon Prime. And it was um, it's, it's so cool, that movie. It's a bad haircut. We, we need, yeah, but we need to we need to put that in the show notes because it is actually kind of uh, relevant. And the, and here's why: it's like the the joke that was going on is that is that it was for you know you know you know at the end of their lives they come to it's like time for carnival, time for you know time time for the renewal ceremony, and of course nobody gets renewed. And I was couldn't help but thinking about certain third party software and, and device makers who are 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 up there kind of hoping that they're going to be reborn or acquired by Apple, but they just meet a fiery lasery death but the but the the mythology continues so so the questions i had um and i um i don't think they were answered but correct me if i'm wrong is it said you needed an iphone but Mm. in almost every example of showing someone with the watch they didn't actually have to you know they didn't show them actually carrying the iphone as well so like the runners for example there's no way they had an iphone hidden on their bodies with the amount of clothes they were wearing um so is it you just need an iphone to work with the thing but it will work remote from your iphone sometimes or do you always have to carry your iphone that's not clear um and the other question to me is watch kit um a couple of questions there firstly you know i'm i'm wondering if actually um Apple Watch apps are going to be um, deployed as extensions mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to apps in their own rights. So they've got to be part of something bigger uh, and get deployed that way um, through the phone, maybe even onto the watch. I don't know. Um, and equally, I'm going to take a gamble that WatchKit will be Swift only. That's yeah. I was about to say that same thing. I think that that is a reasonable guess. And it, it, who, who who's to know, who's to say? Maybe this was the use case that they said that you know here's another case where to to get absolute super efficiency 
we need our code to run as fast and efficiently as possible, and we can't get to that optimization without changing the language. And that was as much an, uh, a reason for making Swift as as any other reason. Who knows? You know, but I, yeah, I saw Rainer Brockerhoff tweeted something like that. He had some clever phrase I can't remember, but you know, push kid. I think he was calling. It's like in other words, pushing people to to, to switch to Swift because now they have no choice. My 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 guess is is that and I'm a total guess, but you know, clearly this thing has a ton of power. But it doesn't have things that you don't necessarily need it to, to have, right? You know, I mean, it must certainly have all, you know, since it has all those sensors, it can know where it's going. But my guess is that, you know, that it, it doesn't require the iPhone to be nearby to do it, but it needs it for, for certain type of pairing. And that's why they push so hard on this, this you know, con- continuity APIs. So you go out for a run and yes, it, it tracks all the, you know, all the steps that you took. Does it track GPS? Who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but, but then, you know, then well, they it, said it uses the GPS in your iPhone, didn't it? It did say that at yeah. one point. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like I think that in, until everybody's been able to to watch the stream carefully, and more importantly, get get watch kit and get these new things in there. Um, but, but you know, the the other thing, and this was you know, I think probably even seen a couple of places. But you know, Jason Calcanus, Calcanus, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but anyway, he famous you know, uh, angel investor and entrepreneur had this post on Medium saying, yeah, this is you know, Apple hit it out of the park. They're going to be a trillion dollar company, and here's why. And he even had some kind of interesting speculation, saying, look, you know, the CEO of Path, for example, was in the front row, so clearly they're getting acquired, and you know. Uh, Folks like like PayPal and Square have been privy to what's going on for a long time, and and Apple is probably going to have to acquire them, or if not, there's going to be a bidding war with with Google because you know clearly Apple doesn't need them for doing payment processing, but they they certainly are a, a great team for 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 building software that helps you run businesses, and they have lots of data and they lots have you know, lots of expertise, but. Um, so I think that you know look at how many different places they're in. And at the same time, there's there's the the, the questions that you raise. It's like, well, okay, this is great. You know, Apple's setting themselves up to be the pervasive computing company from from every device and a network service you can imagine. You know, they're going to be there, but you know, can they handle it all? They can't. They can't do a stream. And and this is the question. I mean, it would be, I think, behoove them. And I hope they're listening to my useful advice. Is that you know. My guess is that there was kind of insane numbers of, of people wanting to attach to the stream, so they better come out and say, "Oh my God, you know what numbers we had? Nobody could have possibly caught up because this is a, a breakthrough for the internet." You know, if they don't, then who knows? Maybe it kind of will, will plant that seed of doubt that that Google and company will certainly you know work on. Well, I think that's got to be fairly true in a way because I mean, you think of the amount of pressure that. Um, the Apple Store is under when you get to pre-order time on mm-hmm. an iPhone. Okay, and people sat there and doing it, and yet um, the other than the incident with WWDC, which is probably a fairly light load a couple of years ago, um, you know the Apple Store has always been incredibly robust. Um, mm. and, so to it. and yet yesterday it wasn't just the stream. If you just went to Apple.com, you were getting access forbidden messages oh, right. at times know um yeah. you know so it, i don't know what sort of traffic they were getting but yeah i mean if it was just seven of us and it had those problems then um uh it's uh there's something to be said there so um so the watch apple watch not iWatch. that's interesting apple pay not iPay. Mm-hmm. so there's a maybe a move away from the i um going on there which isn't necessarily a bad thing um but uh uh, obviously, Apple Pay, US centric only, which is which is quite interesting because um, 
the we've got the near field stuff on credit cards here in, in, in thousands and thousands of places already. So most of us are paying with contactless stuff in the UK for stuff already. And so we're ahead, but we're not going to get it. Um, but, well, you um, will. I think it's a regulatory thing, uh, isn't it? I mean, so I, I, I don't think that was pretty clear that they, they intend to, to roll it out everywhere. But they that's this is a type of thing that requires so many business negotiations. And they were probably taking advantage of the fact that that credit card processors and banks now are required to switch over because they're changing the liability laws. And 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 what's interesting is that they're going to have to buy a bunch of all new equipment, and the question has come up: Are they going to go with a chip card system, for example, to, you know, to, to add security, or are they going to, you know, see if if this NFC stuff becomes so popular that that becomes the standard, and they don't have to do chip cards, or maybe they'll have to do both. Who knows? But I think that that you know, Apple probably came to them and said, "Look, we've got such a volume of transactions; we're all going to make money. We'll even put some money on the table. We, we've got a few billion in the bank, and here's your chance to to kind of reinvent." Um, you know, how, how transactions are done. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. We have chip and um, the uh, contactless peer uh, on every card. It's it's just, we've had chip chipped cards for, I don't know, 10 years. I don't know, probably longer yeah. than that now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So so with that stuff aside, the, the Apple, they're pushing the Apple a bit more than the eye. Um, was there anything about the, the iPhone 6 that really struck you? You're going to get one, big or little? Yeah. I- yeah, it, it's definitely you know my turn. I, I have a five, and my two years up, so I get another subsidized thing. So definitely, you know, I, I'm I'm super happy about the camera because yet yet again a, a series of advances. This this continuous focus looks really cool. Um, you know, just they, they keep pushing on it. I mean, there's not a whole lot they can do with with the optics or the sensors because they are starting to run up against the the, the limits of physics with with CCDs. But clever software really solves a bunch of the problems that you get. And yeah, it's never going to be as good as as a, as a large sensor, but it, it sure seems like it's coming closer and closer and closer. Um, and that I find stunning. And I think also the fact that you can get 256 gig. It's like I really want that. I'm I'm constantly running out of space, and I really love having large quantities of, of photo and video and audio around. So um, I'm I'm really excited for it. I I you know personally, if my gut feeling is that if they had offered a you know a, a normal five uh, form factor uh, option for the iPhone six, I would take it because the the big one seems like a little bit too big. But you know, we'll see what happens when you hold it in hand. There was there was an interesting NPR piece, you know, National Public Radio that was talking about how Samsung had succeeded, you know, that d- despite what you know Steve Jobs' personal aesthetic and opinion about about big phones is that it doesn't matter that there are so many people for whom making phone calls is almost is like the, the the last thing, so they don't really care if it looks idiotic taking making a phone call with it because that's not how people are using it. You know, they're they're perfectly happy to to have it propped up on their you know their stand while they're you know at the gym or, or whatever, and and the ability to to more comfortably type and and deal with documents and stuff like that is important enough for them. So you know, that's the case. That's the case. I mean, that was that was another point that that Jason Kalkanis had made, saying you know they've in a way neutralized Samsung because that was one of the the main benefits they had. They had these form factors that that people wanted so bad that they they were more than happy to to ditch Apple for it. But presumably they'll come back. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to uh, to see how that goes. So it's um, overall a, a hit or a, a hit or a miss. Uh, I, I, it's hard to see where where they 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 missed. I think it was total hit. Cool. That's uh, that's good. That's good. So um, has anything else happened with you this week, John? Anything else that you want to talk about in any way at all? 
Uh, so, yes, I have to put this in the show notes, but I, I am grateful for this app, which is a, a console-related app. You know, you, you've heard me sing the laments of, of making a share extension for iOS 8, and one of the big problems that, that you had is, is because it's so heavily sandboxed and because it's an extension to a containing app, the way that you really can't comfortably launch and debug it the way that you normally would a normal app. You, you're, as it is right now, this is even with the, with the Xcode Gold Master you know, you want to debug your extension, you can run it under a debugger and step through the code, but you don't see your console messages. Why on earth that's the case, I have no idea. So, but, but you know, uh, Hockenberry, Chalkenberry had, uh, had, had tweeted something that's saying that you use extensions, you like NSLog, here's a tool to help you with. And so this is an ex-Apple engineer that built this Mac app, which is a real-time console streamer so that anything that is connected, your device is connected, and all messages that are going to the console, you then you know appear in this window. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. You can both do the the you know standard you know step through with a debugger while you're running an Xcode, and and you can you know let it let it run and and do its thing and, and read your log messages. So it, it, it and and you get all log messages. That was the other important thing because one of the things with share extensions is that it makes uses makes use of background daemons that are for, for executing background NS Earl session tasks and you have no idea what's going on. Then all of a sudden, it's like somebody turned on the light I see all these issues. I didn't understand why they were the case, but at least gives me ammunition now if I'm doing a, a developer tech support incident or whatever. So um, that was that was incredibly helpful. And, and, and you know, I filed a, bu- you know, a, a couple of radars over the years, but I filed bunches of radars in, in, the, in the last... Uh, last two weeks, all related to this stuff, and I'm sure that they're dupes. But you know, I I, I want to you know pat myself on the back for for radar or GTFOing the, the the crap out of out of uh, out of my time for the last two weeks, um, and 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 you know we'll see what comes of it. But I was very very you know in this particular case, most of them were 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 API feature requests saying, look, I can't do these things. I mean. You know, a perfect example is, is, is location services. You know, as you may or may not be aware, is that you have to you have to explicitly ask for permission before you can even use location services. You, in the old world, you could start using location service. You could request your CL location manager to start looking, and if the user hadn't given permission, it would prompt, and once they'd accepted, it would continue on its merry way. It doesn't work that way. Now you have to explicitly ask before you and get an answer before you can even ask for location services. And furthermore, they've made two specific cases. One which is when the app is running always, and they put up very specific language, which is it's 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 starkly true, but it's also a little bit kind of frightening to the user. Where if you want, you know, always, you know, always permission, it says, you know, would you like to allow your app X to constantly be <laughs> checking for for where you are? It's written in, in a kind of scary way, and if you want to use background location services, which Findry uses. Um, in some circumstances, you have no choice. But the, the real problem is, is that you 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 know the more the lesser kind of one is is when in use, which is the more reasonable one. So you launch the app, you go your little introduction, and say hi. Can we you know can we use location services? And they give you a chance to give an explanation about why you're doing it, and it's a fairly reasonable ask to make. But once you've asked that question, you can't upgrade it. 
And all you can do is find out that they have that permission. And if you want, if you need them to upgrade, so to speak, then you have to push them to, you know, uh, go to preferences. And so you think, okay, well, that would be, you know, it's not ideal, but at least now there's new API for launching the, the, the preferences app, which there is, but you can't go to a specific location. So you have to then, it, it's just, it's, you know, things like this that, that, I don't know whether somebody whether they purposely thought it through and just made a choice that they said it doesn't matter. Users really have to be you know go through this and and be made super aware and and constantly tap and tap and tap to know what they're getting into or what. But it, it really it, it's a pretty pretty big thing for us um, and not a good thing. So that was a little bit of my week. So all right, my rant's over. That's all right. That wasn't a rant. I think there's a, there's a lot of good information in there for for, for people. Yeah. So it's there. Uh, um, yeah, I've had a, I've had a sort of, um, an interesting week for different, for different reasons, um, or different few weeks because there now, uh, John, you remember the, uh, the just cloud saga? Yes. Okay. Where I had my, my, I had my Drobo at about uh, a terabyte or so of information on it, which I backed up to just cloud. And then they canceled my account because apparently a terabyte is more than the, um, unlimited data that uh, apparently you get on these accounts where it says true unlimited. Um, and so they canceled it. And so I moved to crash plan, um, who I have to say are excellent. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes and, uh, I'd started back in my drive, but of course, because of the, the nature of the ADSL that I have in my small rural village or town of, of Gloucestershire, um, you know, my up speed is about, is somewhere between, depends on the day, but somewhere between half a meg and one meg. So mm. uploading a terabyte of data across that sort of connection takes a number of months, basically. Mm. And so, of course, it's been a, sat there for a month or two uh, uh, running, but it, it's, uh, but then last week, uh, my Drobo failed. Um, so, uh, suddenly over there I was and all, all four red lights came on and, um, it's, uh, uh, just wasn't, I couldn't get to it. And if you took the power supply, it was sort of like, it was like, which is never a good sound to hear from any device with disk drives in. Um, <laughs> and, and so there we are. I was, it was like the perfect storm of waiting to re-back up. I had no offline backup at the time on there. I don't have any other, I had some stuff on other devices, but you know, I don't have another device as big as the Drobo to back the Drobo onto. Um, and that was the idea of the offline backup. So that was all a bit of a disaster. Uh, but I did a little bit of research and I went out and I bought myself a, a Synology DS414 um, NAS drive. And I have to say, I only arrived yesterday and I've plugged it into the network and uh, put a couple of um, four terabyte um, uh, Western Digital red drives in. The, the red drives are specifically designed to run in NAS servers and things, so they're designed to mm -hmm. not shut down. Um, and I have to say, it's pretty darn impressive because this one actually has a little processor in it. It's got software you can run on it. Um, so I've been able to do things like automatically connect the NAS to the drop, my Dropbox account. So it basically keeps a copy of everything that's on Dropbox also on the NAS automatically. Um, it, uh, has a, uh, media server on it. So, um, all the, the, um, Macs in my house can see effectively another shared iTunes library with all the movies and other, the PlayStation that we have in the front room can see all the movies on it. So we can stream movies from it onto the, through the PlayStation onto our TV. Um, and it's basically totally silent, this thing as well. Um, mm. and so I've been really impressed. I'm really impressed. Now, 
Uh, obviously, I'm now having to try and get everything back. And fortunately, all the really, really business critical stuff I had backed up on other drives. Mainly, I'd spent uh, about a year ago, I'd spent <laughs> probably about three months uh, ripping all my DVDs and they were all on the Drobo. Um, but I, uh, I just read something on the Internet about, um, as one does, uh, about possible problems that sometime it's the you know it's the actual power brick that goes with these things that is causing that problem um mm. which is um uh uh interesting um because that's not something i would have thought of so i did order another power brick off ebay um i think it was ebay something like that anyway um for 30 dollars or something for it which arrived this morning and i plugged it in and my drobo now works um ah. so after spending a thousand dollars on another NAS solution, effectively, by the time you take the NAS and the drives. Um, however, I have to say my Drobo, it's a Gen 1. It's probably got to be four or five years old. The drives in it are probably four or five years old. It's probably sensible for me to to begin to migrate over to a more modern and new device. And, and the Drobo will become, uh, the Drobo will now become the backup of my NAS device. Um, but, uh, uh, and, and, and sort of do that. So I've now got, um, uh, super duper setup on i've got an imac um sorry not an imac a mac mini that i use as a, a local server in my office um i'm still investigating cloud servers and been speaking to people we'll come back to that another time um so uh yeah super duper is now set up to to sort of clone the nas onto the drobo um sort of once a week or something like that just as a just as i don't want i don't want all that yeah however many terabytes of traffic going across my my wi-fi every every day because uh in the house we're in with teenagers the wi-fi is being used all the time even if it's sort of 3 a.m mm. so um yeah so it's interesting so if you're looking for a new um big data storage solution i can highly recommend the synology ds414 so far from um from uh, from what i've seen of it very very good okay yay well being a little bit controversial now, John, uh, at the weekend, I was doing a little bit of work on a few projects I um, I have to do, and I needed to create another GitHub uh, repo. And um, I got there, and I went to add a repo, and it says, you've hit the uh, maximum number of um, repos for your account, um, account, for whatever it is, whatever, what's all that to call it? What's the word I'm after, John? For your, your plan, my plan, your, your plan, right? Yeah, that's plan. Okay, which is the twenty-two dollar a month plan or something. I don't know. I can't remember which one it is. Um, and so I went to look at the next plan, and the next plan was fifty dollars a month. Now I know I'm 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 the first person. Okay, this is this is me being a complete hypocrite now, because um, I'm always a person who says just throw the money at these things and get on with it because your time has value. Uh, however, I'm uh, I'm a person who who likes to keep code in very, you know, I'm not one of these people who has a big repository with 27 projects in it and you just book out different bits. I like everything to be in its own repository with its own um, branching system and, and all the rest of it. Um, and use that. And then actually if people, if you use your own, this just as a side um, uh, thing, if you use your own uh, libraries and everything that you keep in, in um, Git repositories, you can still use, uh, cocoa cocoa pods to um, manage all of those in your project. You don't have to just use um, you don't have to use any third party code, but you can use cocoa pods to manage your own libraries that you keep between projects, and that's a really good use of cocoa pods. I like that use of cocoa pods. That's very very cool. Um, but I just thought, oh, I don't want to get you know that's six hundred dollars a year 
to to store my source code. I keep adding projects. You know, it might be ten lines of code, or yeah, you know, a couple of units, and add them as another library. And so, do you know what, John? I thought I'm going to find an alternative solution to this. Now, I know there are other ones like Bitbucket and things like that, which um, do it on a slightly different method. Because I think um, GitHub charged you based on repositories. Bitbucket charged you based on users. And if there's less than five users, I think you can have unlimited repositories. But I have to be honest, I, had, I used to have Bitbucket accounts. Um, I didn't really get on with it that well. And there's no particular reason for that. And so I was, uh, I thought, okay, what, what's my other solution? And you're going to love this solution I found, John. Um, that there is actually an open source version of GitHub called GitLab. It's very similar to GitHub, GitLab. And so I've started my own server. I've installed GitLab, and now I'm running my own version of GitHub effectively. Really? Well, hold, hold on a second. I need to make a phone call. <laughs> yes, Danny Gregg, please. Yes, I'll hold. Danny, how's it going? Look, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but you're actually live now on iDeveloper, and Scotty is just, he's cheated on GitHub. Can you believe this? Yeah, yeah, he's running GitLab. I'm, I'm sorry, what? You know, Danny, this is a family show. We can't really use that type of... I'm... I Look, Danny, look, I'll, I'll forward your message to Scotty, but really, honestly, there's no need to insult me. I can do what? All right, forget it. No more. It's it's on. It's on. Yeah, you too. Bye. Okay, sorry. Uh, go on. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, actually, we be, we use GitLab in Rev Objects, so I heard about it. So I just wondered, uh, yeah, but I'd never looked at it. it. It took me about fifteen minutes to set up. I've just put a I put a uh, the most minimum um, ten bucks a month server up on Linode. Um, in fact, I think it's 12 bucks when you have backups to it. So I've got a backup of the server. Um, I followed a script to get it set up. I've already got um, some general chef scripts for setting up Lino, um, Linux servers anyway, which lock down every port and shut things off. So that took about two minutes to run, so none of that. Um, and now it works exactly the same as GitHub. It's got issues. It's got pull requests. It's got it's got all that sort of um, stuff in it. Um, it's got uh, it's got some great grouping, so you can group projects and access them via group and give people permission to access the groups and stuff like that. It's got everything I need. Um, I've got unlimited repos. It's totally um, private to me. No one else can even go near it unless I uh, let them on there. Um, uh, it's backed up fully and I'm paying 10 bucks a month. Yeah, you know, I've got to say it's an interesting thing. You know, I, I still think that you are, uh, uh, you know, you're not the, the use case of, uh, of the average developer. I, I, for my part, are, you know, kind of happy to, to, to incrementally pay money. I think the difference, yeah, between 22 and 50 over time, it does add up. I mean, it doesn't seem like for a single purchase, but then you keep forgetting that that's, you know, that's in perpetuity twelve times a, a year. Well, I was in but the I was I was in the position. I just spent a thousand dollars on another backup right. system. Yeah, right. And so, <laughs> and so, so just I, even I, this this extra sort of you know thirty dollars a month or something was just you know it was oh, yeah. it hit me at a pain point. I mean, no, if it had been the weekend and, before, I'd have probably just pressed the button and paid for it. But there we are. Yep. And it makes perfect sense, but I, uh, but this is something to, to, to consider. And, and, and in all honesty, you might want to just send it an, an email because this is the thing. It's like you know, GitHub has, has been spectacularly successful, and they had a great you know a great thing. It's like it's free for open source. You do something good in the world, we're more than happy to do it. So then that just brought 
you know, how many projects migrated or, or if anything, how many projects even started up because there's, there's something great. I mean, I always said that the, the thing I liked most about Git was not necessarily Git as a, as a, as a version control system. It was, it was GitHub, how easy it was to use and, 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 and easy to collaborate and how well integrated it was, but in, in all reality, and this is heretical as crazy as like for, for the, the, the way the, the, the levels of sophistication that, uh, that I require from, 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 you know, a version control system, <laughs> I'm probably not even touching, just scratching the surface of, of what you can do with Git itself. But, you know, it's a type of thing where maybe now they do need to, to hear from you or, or people in, in your use case where it's kind of true. It says, you know, you shouldn't have to feel that you have to be super conservative and, and, and make bigger repositories than you really ought to, especially now, you know, considering the fact that, that you can now use frameworks and that should make it much easier to share code so that all the stuff which is in a monolithic, you know, serious iOS app might likely then want to be, you know, multiple independent frameworks, which you then may want to share or include as, you know, as, as dependencies or, or cocoa pods or however, you know, um, it's, it probably is time for, for, for GitHub in particular and other services like that to, to, to keep into mind, you know, that, that, that there are these cases where you may end up pushing people over, um, so, I don't know. Let's yeah, I mean, I've, don't get me wrong. I have no yeah. problem with paying for things. Um, I probably spend about 300 bucks a month on these sort of monthly 10, 15, right. 20 bucks a month services to do yeah. things. I have project management tools, timekeeping tools, and I pay for them all. And I'm quite happy to pay for them. Um, however, there comes a limit where you, you know, you don't want to go over sort of, you know, I don't want to be spending a thousand bucks a month on this stuff. Um, the reality is because of a lot of the work I've done the last couple of years, I, I have, um, some I have enough server skills to put this up and it's right. and equally this is something that you know especially with the level that I'm going to be using it you know I, I might even if I go mad and crazy I'm you know not going to have more than 100 projects in it over the next few years um, so this is the sort of thing I've been able to set up in 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it was it's other than occasionally going in there and maybe doing a GitLab update or something and watching you know the emails for security refreshes I'm not, it's not something I have to maintain or even look after in a way. It's a very simple system. Um, I've not had to change my workflow because I use um, GitHub Flow is, is, is a way of working. Um, and all that still works with this because it's all based, it's just a, a Git implementation at the back. Um, and so really it's about the, mo the budget I have for doing that thing, putting it into... Um, into things that I can't do myself as easily. Um, so I'd never dream of, of doing the time management, project management stuff because it's just, you know, the, the facilities I want to use, the open source stuff out there is is effectively, I'm not going to say useless, but not to my taste and style. So I'll happily pay 25, 30, 40 bucks a month, whatever I'm paying um, for a, a reasonable system. I use um, Project Bubble, um, which is pretty good. And it does my invoicing and everything like that if I'm doing contract work. Um, and, and I don't even think about it and I never dream about replacing that. So, um, I use Zendesk for support and I just pay them. Um, so it's not that I, this isn't a not paying thing. This is actually, well, I could do this myself. It didn't really hurt. Um, it was an interesting experience. Um, uh, and, and, and so I did. So, um, we'll put links to all those things we've just mentioned there in the show notes. And in fact, talking of show notes, um, unless you want some, to say something else on that, John, I'm going to move on. Oh, I'm good. good. Talking of show notes, um, hopefully as of this week, but if not of this week, then next time, um, I'm going to start um, sending the show notes out each week as an email um, to anybody who's on the iDeveloper list. 
Um, now, obviously, if you don't want the show notes, you'll end up unsubscribing from the Isle of Oper list. But we've not sent much out on that list in the last year, um, especially since we've stopped selling stuff and everything, which it was, it was very much a sales list. But I signed up to um, Dave Ver's new scheme, um, which I'm trying to remember the name of. Is it? It's um, curated. That's it. Uh, now, Dave Ver is the guy who does um, iOS Dev Weekly, the weekly newsletter. And in producing it over the last few years, he's produced a system um, that allows you to, you know, that allows him to drag links in and put it all in and send the newsletter out automatically at the end of each week. Um, and he's just uh, recently decided to go sort of commercial with that and get other people on board. And he was looking for a number of people to come on as um, first round customers and, um, uh, you know, pay him um, some money to, to sort of, uh, be the first customers get the service but equally be the type of customers is going to help him make this thing better as opposed to just flood it with customers so uh, uh i went and signed up and uh, gave him some cash and um thought well that's it's pretty ideal for show notes really because as we talk about stuff we'll get the links i can just drag them into the system it will produce a weekly newsletter with all the links in um anybody on the ios uh, on the iDeveloper list will um, then get the show notes with all the links in straight through from email you can click through to um, and a link to get the show if you want to one of the devices. And so we thought we'd give it a go. That sounds awesome. That's um, great. So basically, John, I have to talk to you offline about giving you um, access so that you can add links during the week when we want to talk about stuff as well. Um, and then, um, so obviously, if you don't like that, if you're on the iDeveloper list, um, that's the main thing that's going to be useful these days. Um, the occasional newsletter, a bit in there each week, but that's mainly what's useful. So obviously, if you don't like that, then then obviously, please feel to un unsubscribe. Um, but I just want to say, you know, I love iOS Dev Weekly. Um, just want to, you know, uh, wanted to support Dave, and it seemed like a good solution for for the things we're doing, John. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Oh, and I can I can upload uh, my selfie with Dave from WWDC that uh, can be in the show notes. It should be the new project. So there we are. You will get greeted in your inbox with a selfie of Dave and John. What more could you want? <laughs> John, my unsubscribe rates are going to be phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm not blaming Dave. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, hold a second. Then who are you blaming exactly? Oh, we won't go there, John. John. Slow John. John, people will be able to find you because your contact details will be in the iDeveloper show notes. But in case people aren't on that list, um, where can they go find you? Well, you can find me on Findery as John Fox, and you can find me on the Twitters as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. And my name is Scotty. You can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet, and you can find information on this show at iDeveloper. Dot co, which is being redeployed in yet another blogging system later this week, um, which I will talk about some other time. John, I was also at a conference last week, iOS Dev UK, which we've not spoken about. I need to talk about that next time. There's so much to talk about because we've been off air for a few weeks. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, you can check out, oh, I better say that I, I work for RemObjects, uh, so check us out at remobjects.com. Uh, go check out some of our stuff. And um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, sorry I've been away for a few weeks, but it's just that we're so busy. We're so busy, busy, busy. But hopefully we'll be back next week with something interesting to say. So until next time, you take care. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry.